Hi lifers. This is Heather Drew and this is episode 10 of the Life in the Whirlwind podcast. Today I am deciding to enjoy this miraculously warm winter day. It's about 60 degrees outside in February. It's a little disturbing to be honest, but um, you'll probably hear lots of background sounds. I'm taking a walk while I record this, I decided, (laughs) which consequently means it's unscripted. So I hope you will uh, grant me some forgiveness and patience for my nonlinear thinking today. Today, um, episode 10, I want to talk about, um, well, so to begin with, I made a promise to myself early on before I started this podcast that I would be true to whatever was going on, whatever life was teaching me at the time, and that that would be a really big part of how I um, created this podcast and these episodes. So today I want to talk about what's going on to a certain degree, and I'm hoping that some of this will be applicable to you and will be will meet you wherever you are and whatever life is doing with you and in you and what you're becoming right now as well. I might say hello to some neighbors. (laughs) I see some neighbors coming up here. So if I say hello, excuse me. Um, So what I want to talk about today is uh, a friend of mine who passed away last week. His name was Manny Ortiz. And he was an incredibly special, unforgettable human being. And still is. Um... But I want to talk today about the kinds of things that are happening because I knew him. What kinds of things are happening in me now that he's gone. Um, And for those of you who know him and are listening to this, I hope it spurs you on to think about what he was to you and what kinds of things we might do together moving forward from this loss um, of an incredibly great man. There's some construction going on there. I want to talk about seeds because I think the thing that wherever I am, where I'm at at this moment, thinking about Manny and what he did in everybody's life who knew him is he he always wanted to know where you were going or what you are becoming and that was obviously really inspiring to me and formed a great bit of who I am and so much of the way that I am is because of him embodying that with me inviting me into that just like I'm inviting you into it now. And um, 
whenever yesterday was his memorial service and a lot of people told great stories, classic Manny stories. And I a couple of people were talking about how every time he would see you, even if it had been a little while or if he just met you, it doesn't matter either way is true. Within 10 to 15 minutes, he would ask the precise questions that would get you talking about everything that was important to you and he would have sort of a, a summary idea of what was going on with you at the time and that's pretty incredible that's that's hard to do it's one of the things that he was amazing at and anyway yeah I'll talk more about that in a second but all that to say it was very inspiring to me and I think it is life in the whirlwind it's you know, Manny was not an unhurried lifer. Like, he he always had something else to do. He was involved in so many things. He was intentional. He was wrapped up in people's lives. He was deliberately intertwined. He was not at all distant from any of the things that he did, even though he had a million things going on, but it seemed to always give him life. And he could have been an incredibly successful business person. He could have been pretty much anything, any kind of, he could have done any kind of job and been successful at it. And he decided to work in low income urban areas to plant deeply his life, his family's life, and get extremely involved in the life of those he lived with in that neighbor in those neighborhoods. One in Chicago and one in North Philadelphia. And that's how I met him. So he is a lifer in the whirlwind for sure. He is a great example of it. How do we not exit this whirlwind not disappear from life from what we call life but to find actual depth in that magnitude and depth within that expansive amount of responsibility how do we expand in the expanding responsibilities of life and not get burned out because that's not really what happened it was like He's one of the people that I learned from about how to not just drop everything to get out of my burnout feeling, but to really tap into the life-giving aspects of what I was doing. And that it wasn't that I needed to leave the events themselves or the responsibilities themselves. It was more that I had to look at them differently or I had to tap into a different kind of energy or intention within those responsibilities and um, involvements. So I think I should probably pay attention because I'm about to cross an intersection here. All right, I'm good. <laughs> this is an interesting experiment. I do enjoy this. Everyone's looking at me funny though. Anyway, giving them something to talk about here in Philadelphia. Um, so that's Manny in a very, very tiny nutshell, but it's why I'm talking about him today on this episode because I just think he has so much to teach you as well as me and I also want you to know more than anything who I am 
is so intertwined with who he was and is. And one of the things that his death impressed upon me the most, I promise I'm going to get back to seeds, why I'm talking, why I said seeds, and then I'm not talking about seeds. I'll come back to that in a second, I promise. But um, one of the things I've been most impressed, has been most impressed upon me since his death is that we truly, like, he was involved, he was intimately connected with lots of people, and many of us have been impacted the way I just described, this sort of, like, invitation to something very deep and different, how to not escape. Um, One man told a story yesterday at his memorial service about how he actually tried to, he was so overwhelmed with his life that he decided to join the Navy without telling anyone. And Manny talked him out of it, kind of gave him what for, and told him he would support him and that he would really like it if he did not escape from his real life. So that's just an example. (laughs) It's amazing. But all of us who knew him, it is truly like, this might sound trite or cheesy or sappy or whatever the word is but truly everybody who knew him we carry this piece of him the way that we were changed by him can't be undone and it's almost as if he lives on in all of us separately and that's a really powerful thought to me and I don't ever want to underestimate that. And I definitely feel a duty, a good free duty, not an obligation kind of duty, but a duty to carry that and carry out his way of life that I was inspired by. So I'll do it my own way, obviously, and I'm going to do it differently than he did it. And that's good. That's a good thing. So maybe that's something that speaks to you and hopefully inspires you. So what does that have to do with seeds? I know the linear thinkers in the crowd are like, get to the point, Heather. The point is, with seeds, um, I was thinking recently, I was actually talking to a friend recently about all the things that are going on in our world right now and the political climate that we're in and the fears that people have and the anger and the passion and the there's hatred there's division there's all kinds of things going on not just all bad but I mean there's also artists rising up and activity and passion rising up that is the kind of stuff that is responsible for world change and it it only gets awakened it tends to only or most get most awakened when things are hard i've noticed so there's a lot going on in our world obviously not just our country but our world and i have some friends who live in aleppo and it's 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 like ground zero so there's just so much happening happening in the world right now so what do seeds have to do with this I was thinking about what can be done with our world right now. What can we do? What, you know, it sometimes can feel overwhelming to think, wow, here's this whole world 
where there's almost infinite possibilities, how will any one person make any kind of difference? That's a hard question, and it can almost add to the overwhelmed feeling of if I can't do something that really makes a difference. Ooh, so one moment. A man's car alarm went off. I apologize. I hope that didn't scare you. It scared me a little bit, I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> oh, this is a true one take unedited podcast. I hope you're enjoying this thoroughly. This is really fun for me. I'm enjoying the fresh air. It's great. <laughs> okay, back to what I was saying. So seeds, what can one person do? Um, it can be overwhelming to see so much trouble and not really know how on earth to make any kind of difference. And the word seeds popped into my mind the other day. I was thinking about how urgent it feels to do something when things are so bad or hard or distressing and how we typically, while it's not a bad thing to rise up and try to be active and involved and do something that feels like it's a product of awakening of some kind, while that's not a bad thing, it isn't the whole thing. And I think there's, there might be a deeper invitation here. And I think this is something that I learned, I connected the other day when I was thinking about Manny. Manny planted seeds when, when a person wants to make a change. So if a person walks into a neighborhood or a city or an organization or even a relationship and they see, they can see things that are askew or see things that are harmful to some people or um, counterproductive or not producing growth, whatever that looks like. It is very hard to not get defensive or not get challenging right away, kind of like come with a challenge. And that's fine to do. But here's what I'm thinking. Think about planting a seed in your garden. How long does it take for there to be a fruit? It takes a really long time. And sometimes shorter than others. There are some things you can plant and you'll have a a fruit in a year or two. And then there are some things that you plant and you don't have fruit for a really long time, several years. And, um, wow. Super coincidentally, I'm passing by a tree that one of my friends planted when she was eight years old. And now it's a really big tree. That's just so funny that that happened at the exact same time I was talking about this. So that's a good example. This, my friend planted this tree when she was eight years old in her front yard. And now it's a big, it's a pretty big tree. It's like probably 15 to 20 feet tall. I don't know if that's accurate. But anyway, this is the kind of thing I'm talking about. It's we can't expect things to go quickly and last. It's really easy to want change so quickly and to almost kind of how we've talked about white knuckling in the past. It's almost like that's true of change also. We try to bend situations to our will or we try to make things happen quickly. Um, One of the things that I say to my 
my therapy clients a lot of the time who come in and feel really motivated, which I always appreciate. Um, I often say, unfortunately, there are no fast therapies. There are no fast methods for change. So I want to let you know I'm with you for the long haul. And it is, it's a long haul. Think about where you were 10 years ago and how different are you now? That's a pretty, I would guess it's a probably a pretty big change. And only you know what those changes are maybe, but it's powerful. It takes a long time to change. So plant seeds. I'm going to just jump to the invitation here because this is what this is about. What kind of seed do you want to plant? Or what kind of seed has been planted in you? Maybe by someone else or by an experience that you've had or a mentor, a teacher, a coach, a counselor, a principal, a pastor, a spiritual director, anybody, a friend. Those are the ones that are probably the hardest to receive. The closer you are to someone, the harder it is to receive their words sometimes, their challenges. But what kinds of seeds, not necessarily challenges, just any seed, what kind of seeds have been planted in your life that might be needing some attention? Um, I am a, I'm not the best gardener. I like gardening, but I'm not extremely successful gardener. Um, so when I plant something, I tend to spend a lot of time paying attention to it. I tend to like over fertilize it or over water it or like over whatever it. And <laughs> what does it look like to plant a seed if you're a good gardener, you know kind of where this, what to do with all this better than I do probably. But um, where a seed is planted, what do you need to do just enough to take care of it, to make it grow? And maybe have you neglected it or it's laying dormant? Um, and what might it be like to watch that grow? Or even maybe it's like the kind of thing, try not to over juice this narrative here but um this analogy but what would it be like to maybe maybe it's been growing without you noticing and go check it out like what's it doing right now so maybe it's like you know my friend who planted this tree in my neighborhood <laughs> she moved away a couple years after she planted it and then she you know lived her life went away to college moved for a little while came back to Philly and when you know she's in her late 20s by the time she gets back and the tree has changed so maybe that's where you're at with this seed planting business maybe it's something has grown and it's time to go check out what's happened and start to engage in it but so maybe it's passive, maybe it's active, but part of it is how do you um, plant seeds and be patient and watch things grow slowly. Hi. Watch things grow slowly and have the patience to know 
this thing that you planted is really worth waiting for. And to just keep watering it and keep giving it sun and keep clipping off the dead parts so that it's healthy. So I don't know what this looks like for you. So think about that, consider it, and go where you'd like with that. As usual, invite a friend into this process for you maybe so that you can kind of take it to the next level. So that's my invitation to you. Um, Manny invites me, invited me to this kind of thing, and I want to invite you to it as well. I'm going to read a, as the blessing today, I would like to read part of a David White poem, of course. It's called What I Must Tell Myself, and this is the very, very end of the poem, the last three stanzas. And though all the things I love may pass away, and the great family of things and people I have made around me will see me go, I feel them living in me like a great gathering ready to reach a greater home. When one thing dies, all things die together and must live again and again in a different way. When one thing is missing, everything is missing and must be found again in a new hole and everything wants to be complete. Everything wants to go home. And the geese traveling south are like the shadow of my breath flying into the darkness on great heartbeats to an unknown land where I belong. This morning they have found me full of faith like a blind child nestled in their feathers following the great coast of the wind to a home I cannot see. Thanks for showing up today. See you next week.
I want no home. 